Hello, hello, and welcome to the Love Doctor Podcast, research-informed advice that can lubricate any conversation about sex. My name is Leah Tidy, and I'm glad to have you here. Today on the show, I answer your questions about why masturbation can actually be a huge help to relieve period cramps, what kind of hygiene your vulva needs, and how weight change affects menstruation. I also share part two of my interview with Crystal Kennings, where we talk about zero-waste period products and how eating plant-based, it might just lead to a better sex life. Seriously, avocado toast, that might just be the answer. But first, today in sex. Menstrual cups, reusable pads, and period underwear, they are the biggest rage right now. For some, it really might seem like a passing craze, but considering that most folks who menstruate, they do so for 40 years, choosing a more sustainable option can actually have a huge impact on the amount of plastic waste that goes into the world. There is a great National Geographic article I have linked in the episode description all about how tampons became unsustainable and how shame about menstruation, well, unfortunately, that's a big part of that story. But how do we choose a product that will work best for our bodies? The hard thing is that just like finding a good birth control option, it can take some trial and error to find out what works best for you. But today, I thought I'd share my review of the NYX leak-proof underwear because it's something that I've used and I have really enjoyed. My mom bought me a pair of NYX a couple months ago, and they're not cheap. The cheapest pair of leak-proof panties I saw on their website was 27 Canadian dollars, going on up to 42 for a single pair. There's also a mix-flow period kit, which is about $130, and while it sounds pretty great, that cannot be accessible for a lot of people. Now, as someone with an IUD, an intrauterine device, I don't actually get my period, but I get what's called a withdrawal once every month or so. That basically means I don't really know when I'll get some spotting, and even though it's usually far less than my regular period, it can be a little unexpected. There's also pretty spotty research out there about using menstrual cups and how they can possibly increase the risk of IUD expulsion, meaning it can move the IUD in the cervix. Now, there definitely still needs to be way more research done on this, but suffice to say that for now, I haven't needed a menstrual cup, but once that IUD is out, you know that I'm going to give it a try and I'll let you know what I think. Okay, but back to the panties. I have found NYX to be really handy. When I first put them on, I was afraid that they would feel a bit like a diaper, but they are actually super comfortable. It didn't feel like those old school pads with the wings that stuck to your underpants, but it just felt like a sturdier pair of underwear. Okay, maybe that doesn't sound great, but seriously, I felt like strangely powerful when I was wearing them and like how I could actually be those folks in those tampon commercials. You know, the ones who are always like going to salsa classes and they're riding their bikes without worrying about leaks. You know, and they're also wearing white pants the whole time and they call it feminine hygiene products because heaven forbid we actually say menstruation or acknowledge folks who menstruate who don't identify as women. But I doubt you have ever heard a tampon commercial quite like this. Hi, guys. Oh, hi, Sandy. Great to have you back. Hello. We've got the client here with us today, Marissa, Sandy. We're going to be doing the 30-second Tamplex commercial. Um, The script should be right there for you for the commercial. See it here? Okay, fantastic. Okay. Anytime you're ready, Sandy. Ladies, when it's that time of the month... Uh, Okay, yeah, hold up, Sandy, hold up. That's the old script. There's a new script there, new direction. Got it. Fantastic, thanks so much. Anytime you're ready. 
You work hard. You play. Oh yeah, hard. no. Sorry, hold up again. Sorry, we uh, we want a different feel for this commercial. So can you um, can you give us your deep authoritative voice? Yeah, thank you. You work hard. You play hard. You bleed hard. Bleed hard? Yeah, you bleed hard. Keep going. Yeah. You need a tampon that can withstand a bloodbath. Introducing the new Mach 7 X150 G85 Tampon. The first and only tampon with a high-strength titanium military-grade absorbency. With 100 patents, it's the most bloodthirsty tampon on the planet, ready to catch whatever your uterus unleashes. Be the hard bleeder you were meant to be. This ain't your mama's gobstopper. You deserve the biggest, baddest tampon around. The Mach 7 X150 G85 tampon. Because you're awesome. Period. Yeah, great one, Sandy. Love it. Fantastic. This is going to be the saving Private Ryan of tampon commercials. This is from the Baroness Von Sketch comedy show, which is pretty damn funny. This commercial is basically like a truck commercial slapped together with some good old military imagery. And the commentary on how we normally advertise to women and men, because in this case, it was very clear on gender. It's really fantastic. I've left a link in the episode description because it's definitely worth a watch. And when it comes to wearing the NYX leak-proof underwear, I kind of feel like I'm in that commercial. Like I'm a total badass and can do anything. I would definitely recommend if you are looking for some sort of period underwear. Crystal Kennings, who I have part two of my interview with later in this episode, she actually has an entire YouTube video that gives a review on all different types of menstrual products, so check out the link in the episode description. And if you want to know more about NYX or the environmental impact of the tampons, the articles are also linked in the episode description. And now, let's get to your calls. This is from someone on Instagram, and they say, Hello, Dr. Leah Tidy. I'm writing to you as I'm worried about myself. I talk to friends about masturbating and they seem to enjoy it, and I feel like I'm the only one who doesn't. I would love to enjoy it as much as they do. Hope to hear advice from you soon. Thanks for your time. So thank you for your question, and it's one that I know is an issue for a lot of folks. Masturbation is still a really taboo topic, and it can be it can be quite a journey to get to actually enjoying it. Crystal and I discuss in our interview later about how touching our genitals, even for using menstrual products, that can be a huge hurdle to overcome. We're too often taught that our genitals are they're shameful or they're dirty, and we should basically like avoid touching them at all costs. There's a great article I've linked in the episode description called Why Masturbation Needs to be Taught in Sex Ed, and it'll help you to start unpack why we feel shame around masturbation and how that is such a disservice. So caller, I'm going to suggest a series of activities to get you towards masturbating, but I want to preface it by saying that you don't need to masturbate if you don't want to. I highly recommend getting to know your body and what brings you pleasure, but it doesn't mean that you're sexually repressed because you don't masturbate or that you're shameful of your body. Yes, these are often reasons why people don't masturbate, but our sexuality, it's way more complex and multifaceted than that. Also, I'm so happy that your friends are talking about masturbating and that they're enjoying it. It sounds like you've surrounded yourself by sex-positive folks, and I'm sure it was a journey for them as well to, to get to know their genitals and to actually enjoy masturbating. Your friends, well, they might also be exaggerating, but hopefully they really are enjoying masturbating as much as they say they do. So I think the first step is to get to know your genitals. 
It doesn't have to be about pleasure right off the bat, but getting to know, like, what the heck is going on down there? What does it look like? What does each part feel like? The skin of our genitals, it's amazing, and it can be incredibly soft and sensitive. Fun fact, did you know that the skin of your inner labia, you know, the lips between your outer labia, those are actually the same type of skin as the testicles? Now, when we are fetuses, our bodies create the inner labia, or they are brought together to create the protective sac around the testes. You can actually even see the line along the middle of the testes where they join. Now, obviously, I'm a huge sex nerd, but I found that fascinating. Okay, next step is to get to know your entire body. Your body is full of erogenous zones that aren't just your genitals, and many different parts, well, they might feel really good to touch. Now, that might be your nipples or your thighs, your feet, your inner arm, anywhere, really. Get to know your entire body and what feels good. You could take a bath and take the time to touch each part of yourself and start to map out where it feels particularly good or tingly when you touch it. The next thing is to take the pressure off yourself to orgasm. If you do orgasm for masturbation, that's amazing, but that doesn't always have to be the goal. The goal is pleasure, and that is not synonymous with orgasm. Don't rush yourself, and also, like, this seems like a very minor thing, but don't forget to breathe. This may sound silly, but when we forget to breathe, it often means that we're, like, stuck in our heads, and we're not actually feeling what's happening in our bodies. I'm going to play this brief clip from Sex Education that is available on Netflix, and generally I'm just going to recommend watching the entire show, but this episode in particular is great in illustrating how empowering it can be to masturbate. So, Amy, what seems to be the problem? So me and Steve are having sex, and everything's completely normal until... on my face. Not really. Why? I, uh, I, I like your face. Mm. What about my tits then? Mm. Do you want to come on them? I'm sorry, can we stop? Have I... you done something wrong? No. It's just, do you actually want me to do any of that stuff? Yeah. I think so. It feels like you're performing. Tell me what you want. I don't know what I want. No one's ever asked me that before. Steve says his thing is girls properly enjoying sex. He says he can tell I'm being fake. Well, are you? Yeah, I'm always fake. Well, you should probably think about, you know, things you enjoy when it's just you. Alone. Ugh, I don't do that. Yuck. You don't? Really? I always have a boyfriend. Well, women do tend to feel more shame surrounding masturbation than men. Feeling that it's is sort of taboo or dirty. Which it isn't. And of course, some men also feel this way about areas. What's that got to do with anything? It's nothing. I'm just What I'm saying is, before you talk to Steve. You should probably figure out, you know, what works for you and your body. So you're prescribing a wank? Yeah. And if you don't have Netflix, here's an awesome article about how sex education, it really centers female pleasure and how, sadly, that is pretty revolutionary. 
It's called Netflix's Sex Education Prioritizes Female Pleasure. And as always, it's linked in the episode description. Now, this is my last bit of advice, and I'm going to get into this more in the next episode of the podcast, and that is to try a sex toy. They are literally designed to bring you pleasure, and it can be an amazing tool for solo and partnered sex. Now, look out for the next episode where I share my interview with the hilarious and brilliant Jasmine Aziz, who gives us her sex toy recommendations and why they can be so amazing. I hope that helps you on your journey, caller, and I really recommend checking out those resources. Now, I also got a bunch of great questions about periods and vulvas on Instagram a few weeks ago, and I'm going to rapid fire answer three of them before getting into my interview with Crystal. We will be sharing a ton of resources, including the Put a Cup in It website, where you can take a quiz to figure out exactly what cup is right for you. So here it goes. Question one, how weight loss affects your period? Now, more broadly speaking than just weight loss, weight change of any kind, that can have an effect on your period. Our bodies, they're very complex ecosystems with many different factors playing into each other. So this is some information that I found, but take it with a grain of salt. Remember, I am not a medical doctor, but, you know, one of those academic types. Weight change can lead to menstrual irregularity, and this is why cycle awareness can be a really important tool. When we know what our cycle is typically like for us and how we feel throughout that cycle, we can actually start to notice changes if we experience weight gain or loss. If you have rapid weight change, your period can become irregular, and if your body isn't getting enough nutrition, then it can stop altogether. Research has indicated that if we want to gain or lose weight, then being aware of our cycles and the hormonal and metabolic changes in our bodies, that could actually lead to a more well-rounded approach to diet and exercise. That's kind of amazing because it aligns with what our bodies need at different times of our cycles and takes that into account. Our energy levels and our cravings, well, they change throughout our cycles. So being aware of that could lead to an overall better understanding of how our bodies work. I will say, though, that there's a lot of stigma about weight, and our society has some serious issues in shaming folks with vulvas in particular to look a certain way. While our weight does have an effect on our overall health and our periods, there are many psychological factors that also play into how we feel about our bodies and our own sense of vitality. Healthy bodies, just like healthy sexuality, they take many different shapes and sizes, So figure out what works for you and try to block out all of that damn noise about what we're supposed to look like. Question number two, hygiene for either individual, vulva owner, or for sex. That's something they don't teach. First, I highly recommend reading the Vagina Bible. I've said it before, but seriously, this book is a resource that I turn to again and again. What is especially great is how Dr. Jen Gunter addresses all of these false notions that vulvas are dirty or unhygienic and that we need to maintain or groom them. Vaginas are self-cleaning, and as long as that pH balance is happy, then your vagina will be happy. This means no douching, no harsh soaps or chemicals on your vulva or in your vagina because they are very capable of doing it all by themselves. Now, there's a whole chapter of the book about skincare and cleansing, but here is the bottom line for Dr. Gunter. One, your vagina is a self-cleaning oven. Two, anyone who suggests vaginal cleaning or tightening is recommended, they are wrong. Three, vaginal cleaning will damage the good bacteria and mucus, increasing someone's chance of odor, bacterial vaginosis, and sexually transmitted infections. Four, vaginal steaming, ozone, and 
quote-unquote, ancient tightening products are equally as harmful as anything you would find in a drugstore. And lastly, wipes should not be inserted vaginally. However, if your vulva is irritated or it's itchy or it's producing a thick, white, curdy-like discharge, then that is a sign that something is going on. It could be something really simple as a yeast infection, something that, did you know, approximately 70% of folks with vulvas, they will experience that at least once in their lifetime. Or if it's not a yeast infection, it could be something more serious. Regardless, see a healthcare provider and figure out a treatment plan that works for you. Now, in terms of hygiene around sex, really that depends on the type of birth control and barrier methods that you are using. But I will say as a little tidbit is Levi and I have a tushy bidet and I love it. Without getting like too much in the details, it's lovely to be able to have a rinse after sex, but I'm not using any of those harsh chemicals or soaps or anything like that. Again, vagina is self-cleaning. And the third question How slash why does masturbation help with period cramps? Masturbation and sex in general, it can help with period cramps because, and I quote, uterine contractions that occur during orgasm may help relieve cramping by dispelling blood congestion. Basically, that means that when you orgasm, your muscles contract, and this can help move your menstrual flow along and reduce cramping. It works like a charm for me, and just so you know, despite traditional attitudes that associate menstruation with uncleanliness, there is no evidence that intercourse during menstruation is physically harmful to either partner. These resources are from my Human Sexuality in a World of Diversity textbook, and seriously, it's an awesome read. Let's get to some quick feedback before my interview with Crystal. Now, this is a five-star review from Tiana.h89 on Apple Podcasts, and the title of it is Love It. Leah really tries to educate the public about topics usually not discussed. She's really trying to break down social norms about health and talking about sexual health and life. I truly love all the work you do. I want to go into sexual health in college, and hearing you talk about your education and how you got there made me more confident in my choice. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much, because really, the world needs more sexual health educators. And now, here's part two of my interview with Crystal Kennings, where we talk about our favorite eco-friendly menstrual products and how every time two vegans have sex with each other, a thousand trees are planted. So here we go. I am so excited that we are getting into part two now, Crystal. (laughs) Folks who are listening, this is the same day, but it's kind of like we're traveling through time. You're going to hear our voices like two weeks from now or something, but still, she's still on the crimson couch. Don't worry. <laughs> I love it. I want it. It's so good for me. It's okay. It actually came with my parents' house because okay. it used to have like red shag carpet. Actually, I'm thinking about it now. I'm really sad that doesn't like, isn't still here. Cause you can imagine the photo of the two of us like talking about periods on a red shag carpet. It'd be actually perfect. We must go back in time. Right. <laughs> we might have a scrap piece somewhere in the house. We'll just bring it out for a photo op. <laughs> Um, something that listeners have been super interested in, and I'm so excited for us to have this conversation because mm-hmm. there's so much overlap, not only in like us, like personally and what we're interested in, but also like professionally what we do and being people who create content online. <laughs> what a weird world that we live in. <laughs> so a lot of that comes down to environmental sustainability, because as we talked about before and listeners, I'm sure you've heard of this, that my husband Levi has a YouTube channel called Levi Save the World Health the Brand, which tidbit. 
That nickname actually was my nickname <laughs> from my brother-in-law. He called me Save the World. And Levi just like took it. was like, that's hilarious. I'm going to use that for my YouTube channel. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> and Derek has Simnet Nutrition, which has like a bajillion people who follow it. It's like madness. And I'm like, I know them. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what I find really interesting is that so many people have asked about environmental sustainability and talking about our periods and talking about menstruation. And so what I'm really interested in, and obviously you're the perfect person to talk to because you have a whole YouTube video about it, <laughs> is about like different sustainable period products. So give me a quick overview. Like what was your favorite and then your least favorite of those sustainable products? So my favorite sustainable products to use, I love period underwear. Mm -hmm. Like, love them. <laughs> They're so comfortable. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. the concept at first was like, I was like, this is weird. Just going to not have anything around. But then obviously yeah. period underwear do have things because it like collects menstrual flow. Yeah. It's not like you're just wearing normal underwear, but it kind of is. And it's really crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's my favorite option. So that's usually like my go-to. I also yeah. have cloth pads, which my mom actually made for me. She made me like a oh. bunch one day when I asked her because I, I can't sew. <laughs> <laughs> but she can sew and she was like, I'll just make you a bunch. So cloth pads are another really great thing that I use. Mm -hmm. And then I do have experience with a menstrual cup, which I'm sure yeah. a lot of your listeners are very interested very interested in menstrual cups oh my gosh everyone's like have you used one I'll, yeah. I'll tell you listeners in a moment but yes what, what's been your experience with one so I bought a menstrual cup like a few years ago because I did I loved the idea of it just being like basically lasting for 10 years mm -hmm. it's like you basically just pay for one and you just have it forever and I yeah. was like that's amazing unfortunately at that time I didn't really have a lot of resources at my disposal so I kind of mm -hmm. just bought one online kind of randomly I just found it and was like oh it's small and cute I literally thought that I was like it's small and cute it'll work not really taking into account like flow or mm. even like my cervix <laughs> positioning yeah. or anything like that and so I tried it for a few cycles I found it really difficult to get into which right. I know is a very common thing that a lot of people do and it takes mm. a little bit of time right um, but like inserting it was it, like not comfortable I was actually really dreading it and that's when mm. I kind of knew maybe this isn't the right option for me right but there's been so many things that have come out online now with like resources. There's a great resource called putacupinit.com. Okay. Which is like amazing. They have like menstrual cup quizzes. They have all the comparison charts your heart could ever desire. And I that like love a good comparison. Chart. <laughs> and so now I'm kind of wondering if I should try it again. And now mm. there's also menstrual discs, which is a new thing. Yes, I saw you mention cool. that. Yeah, like on the video, but I've never seen one actually. I haven't really seen one in person either. So I don't really know what to like. Yeah, I would love to. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of just buy one and try it. A lot of them are not reusable. A lot of mm. menstrual discs are disposable, but there is a couple companies that are making reusable ones. And right. they're just different because they sit a little bit differently in your cervix. Mm -hmm. So they might be a little bit more manageable for people that are new. I I'm not sure I haven't right. tried one. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the thing is if you are interested in your menstrual cup, just make sure that you get one that is going to work for you because if you've yeah. given birth or if you, you know, you're just starting to get a period, like there's so many variables that can affect what like menstrual cup would be right for you. Yeah. So unfortunately when I bought mine, I just didn't really take those things into account, but I love the option and I like highly recommend it for people that actually figure out the right one for them. Right. <laughs> 
I think that's such a good way to think about it because right. it can't just be like, oh, this one cup to like rule them all. You're exactly. like, no, that's like not going to happen. No. And I think so much of it, there's like a twofold thing where there is, there's still a lot of fear and stigma about putting something right. inside your vagina. Right. And even with tampons, like I remember like putting in tampons when I was younger and being like, oh my God, that means I have to touch myself. Right. It's exactly. like, why is there so much like fear and disgust around like <laughs> yeah. touching your own body? Yeah. And also like it's around the part of the body that like literally is designed to like bring you pleasure. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other thing. But I think that was a hurdle that some folks have to like get over is being mm-hmm. like, okay, like I have to not only be like comfortable, like touching my body, but then you're also super aware of how much am I actually leading? Like what is actually in this cup and mm-hmm. being able to like see that. Mm -hmm. But what I really liked how you mentioned in the video was also accessibility. You're like, you know, you have to be able to have access to hopefully a private bathroom and some sort of access to clean water because you want to be able to empty it and you want to be able to wash it. Or if you're like out about in the world, like how is that actually going to work? And I just love the idea that there is actually a website where you can just go and find (laughs) what's right for you. Like I would love that. And I've had a lot of folks ask me, have I used one? Okay. If you listen to the podcast before, you know that I have an IUD. I have the Marina IUD. It's hormonal. And this is after trying a bajillion different birth control methods. And this is the one that is like for me. But in terms of like hormone imbalances, it's it's been really interesting because the first time I had an IUD, it was awesome. Like it's the same one. And so they're good for five years. Then when I got the second one put in, it was actually... It wasn't bad, but it was like one day where it was like, okay, within five minutes, I'm going to have one coming out, one going in. (laughs) (laughs) But what was interesting was that my hormones had actually changed because I got the second Mm -hmm. one in when I was, hold as I, 24. And the first one I got in, I was 19. And so like already my body is going through changes throughout those years. And there totally was a hormone imbalance. So like I had really terrible, like painful acne and things like that. And so that was something that I had to think about like it it's not hearkening back to part one about cycle awareness I totally was like unaware (laughs) and spent like two years being like what the f is going on with my skin and trying to figure it out anyway long story short when you have an IUD sometimes it can be like not recommended to actually like have some sort of menstrual cup Mm -hmm. and there's still like spotty research on whether or not it can actually like displace or like move your IUD but for myself I just don't get enough of a flow that I've never really felt like I needed one. I really agree that I love the period underwear because I don't really know when I'm going to spot. Like I have like an understanding that's okay, it's going to be like these few days, Mm -hmm. but like not enough that I would want to use like a cup or, oh my God, even before when I use like tampons, there's nothing worse than putting a tampon in and then being like, oh my God. This is the last day of my cycle and there's nothing coming out and having to like take it out. Oh my gosh. So, oh, terrible. So it's just so interesting because like for me, and I'm thinking about like our previous conversation about cycle awareness, but also like environmental sustainability is that I never want to recommend something that I haven't like actually used. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of sad that I haven't, that I really haven't had much of a cycle for like 10 years and that feels almost like shameful for me to admit, but at the same time, that has been the best birth control option for me. Yeah, for some reason, I'm like, I'm talking to a menstrual wellness educator, <laughs> and like, how do I tell her that I haven't had my, like, a regular period in, like, oh, years? <laughs> I never, I never want that. No, right? I don't want you to think that, because 
that's the beauty of the options we have out there. Mm-hmm. Like birth control is there for a reason. And yeah. I never want people to come to my work or watch my videos and think that I'm like shaming them for using something else or mm-hmm. like not using a method that I might use or whatever. Like yeah. it's there for a reason and it's really important. Like oh, birth yeah. control has like revolutionize things like it's amazing Mm -hmm. and so I don't want you to feel like that so I don't want anyone listening to feel like that because birth control is there's so many different types of birth control out there and Mm -hmm. being able to control your fertility however you feel comfortable is like the most empowering thing so yeah good for you for doing your thing and using what you found was like best for you Um, Mm mm-hmm but I'll just say it's coming out in January. Oh, is it? It is. So I'm like, maybe oh. I'll have to do a follow up where oh. I'm I'm gonna start my cycle awareness journey, and I'm gonna Super lean fun. into my curiosity. Yes, <laughs> yay! And so I'm really excited for that like mm-hmm. next part in my journey to be like, okay, like not only do I get to now like try more sustainable products, which also the like cloth pads, right? That sounds amazing. <laughs> and what I, what I also loved about your video is you talk about not only accessibility on like what works for you, what do you have access in terms of like clean water, but you also talk about cost because right. that is something that can be really prohibitive yeah. to people. And the fact that your mom like made you some amazing, <laughs> right? And I mean, like, it's not like, you know, as someone who cannot so very well, <laughs> but I could maybe sew something like no one else is going to see it. So does a trick but if you're also interested don't worry i will have links in the episode description for not only crystal's video but also like great places that you can go buy these products for yourself if you want to check them out okay oh the one other thing that i wanted to say about my iud is something that i learned in my sexual health educator course is that when you are on this type of birth control it's not actually called a period because your body, because of the right. hormones that are being released, like my body isn't actually going through that same process of creating that uterine lining that would be there if I was going to have a baby. Right. Because the way that the IUD is set up inside the body, there's, I'm doing this funny thing. I'm trying to, you can't see me. Her arms listeners. Up, she kind of looks like a bird. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm embodying an IUD. an IUD. I am the world's largest IUD. Um, but the, it works in like multiple different methods. Mm-hmm. Like it's not only the hormones that are in it that is a birth control option, but it's also, it sounds a bit scary, but it's creating like an inhospitable place right. for which, you know, for a fertilized egg to actually like set in because the little arms and I'm doing the arms again are touching the walls of my uterus. There's no actual like really thick lining. Mm-hmm. So it's actually called a withdrawal. You're nodding because you know this. I did not know this really until like last month. Oh, like, really? Wow. I, had, I didn't know it was totally called a different thing. I'm like, oh, like I don't really get my period very regularly. And then my sexual health educator instructor is like, actually it's called a withdrawal. And there's all sorts of shame about like, yeah. oh, like, I'm not getting my period. I'm not in touch with it. You're like, like you said, like it's such an empowering thing to be able to have control over your fertility. But then also like knowing the proper terms, why I didn't know these things. Like I've had an IUD for 10 years. Why did my doctor not explain this Mm -hmm. to me at that time? Mm -hmm. Why did I have to go find out right when I'm about to get it taken out? Anyway, I just found that like so fascinating. Okay. So I love that you have those recommendations and something that people are really interested in, like zero waste. It's like the big word right now. And they all want to know about a zero waste period routine, Mm. which I'm kind of like interested in. I'm like, well, obviously that would be different from like person to person. Right. I don't know how much you want to like share. Like personally, if you were to have like the ideal zero waste period routine, or do you have a zero waste period routine? I would say for the most part, I have a pretty zero waste. I mean, zero waste is hard because the products that I use, like the, the, 
underwear and the mm-hmm. cloth pads, those are going to last, I'm hoping for quite a few years, mm-hmm. but those are still things that are going to break down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I don't know if I would call those like technically zero waste because they will eventually probably have to be broken down and repurposed or mm-hmm. unfortunately probably thrown away. So <laughs> I understand what people mean, like the sustainability mm-hmm. aspect. So I would say for the most part, my, yeah, my period is like zero waste, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I use period underwear the first day. I want to invest in more period underwear because I really like them. Right now, I only actually have one pair. So that kind of like is really good for like the day where you're kind of spotting and you're just starting to get like the full flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a super heavy flow. Like I'm, I'm, I've never had a really heavy flow. So some Mm -hmm. people, they need a lot of underwear or cloth pads to kind of get them through their period, which sometimes might be like cost prohibited Mm -hmm. or they might like not like love that. Um, So that's where the menstrual cup comes into play. But anyways, I like the period underwear. And then usually because I'm at home right now, because, you know, pandemic things, but also (laughs) I usually usually try to take the first couple days of my period off and just like rest and kind of just recharge a little Mm -hmm. bit. I usually will... Uh, switch to cloth pads right because I like them I mean I I think I prefer period underwear over cloth pads because cloth pads can be a little bit bulky Mm. but like I don't really mind that because I'm at home lounging around like it doesn't bother me that actually kind of ties into the other thing is so when I am out and about so if I am going to go for a walk or something and say I've you know, my one beautiful pair of period underwear is used and I need to wash it. And I'm like, no, Um, I will sometimes use organic tampons. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself, I used to think organic tampons or organic cotton tampons, I should say, were zero waste or like sustainable. But I've been reading more into it. And you can probably maybe shed light on this. But I've been reading into it and the fact that like, you can like compost them. I mean, it's like a bio thing though so you kind of have to be like careful with composting it but the fact that they don't really like break down in the way that a lot of people think they do like I was like oh they're cotton they'll break down you know in a few months or maybe a year or two but they take a long time to break down Mm. Um, but because I haven't really found a menstrual cup that works that well and you know cloth pads aren't like the most comfortable to wear when you're like walking or exercising I'll just use organic cotton tampons which still mm-hmm. work for me like yeah. you know mm-hmm. not, not hating on that it's still a thing that I do but it would be nice if like I could kind of just fully move away from that and that's why like I said I do want to invest in more like period underwear and hopefully find a cup or a disc that work but yeah like I think for most people like what would a zero waste period routine look like I think finding an option that would work for them and then mm-hmm. just being conscious of their flow some people like menstrual cups because they hold a lot of flow I think most menstrual cups hold 30 mils of flow I think you're right like it's a it's a decent amount oh it's that's a good amount Mm -hmm. and then I actually saw menstrual discs online that could hold up to like 70 mils which is like a whole period of course you don't want to wear your menstrual cup the whole time (laughs) you need to change that every 12 hours like you don't want to be wearing that but the nice thing with menstrual cups is you can just if you work like shift work or something you don't have to be changing them all the time because they Mm -hmm. do hold so much but with people with super heavy flows you might need a barrier kind of so period underwear or maybe like a cloth pad or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, or like a cloth liner because they do make those which is really nice for like super light days Mm -hmm. but yeah just finding what kind of will work for you and going from there and just kind of figuring it out because these options are really great but they do take a little bit of time to get used to like with cloth pads and underwear you have to like wash them you know when they Mm -hmm. get used and and that kind of thing so it's not as easy to just be like rip throw in the garbage put a new one in it's like oh okay well I have to like rinse them out a little bit make sure I'm washing them but also make sure I have like other ones on hand so you know just kind of making sure that you have enough to keep you going but it's totally doable a lot of people do it and it feels so good to know that you're able to manage your period without having to like buy a bunch of products 
products and throw them away. Mm -hmm, Definitely. You know what? It aligns with so many sustainability things and like zero waste Mm -hmm. things. It's not, you don't have to like go out and buy all of the things, but you need to be prepared, right? Right. Because it's, it's so easy for like convenience. That's why like fast food and so many other things and like the tampon dispenser things like they're there for your convenience. Mm-hmm. But normally the most like convenient thing is not the thing that's going to be the most sustainable or what's going to be best for the planet. Mm-hmm. So like having those things on hand, it's, it's kind of like having a water bottle. It's great because you like have your water bottle with you, <laughs> right? It's like if you have a water bottle with you, then you can reuse it and right. get water. And it's the same sort of thing. Like if you know that you have period underwear that works for you, again, this is where cycle awareness comes into it, where it's like sometimes it doesn't make sense to use the exact same period product right. every day of your cycle right. because it's going to change. You can have right. lighter days or heavier days or depending on what works for you. Like so many things, and when I talk about this, like in terms of like sex as well, it's not just like, okay, every time is missionary and that's what's going to get me off. You're like, no, you have to like figure out what works for your body, right? And be willing to try different things. But I think a part of that and which kind of like sucks in terms of accessibility is that environmental sustainability. Of course, it's something that's so important and we all need to be working on. But it's also super trendy. And so a lot of these things can be really expensive. And especially if you want to buy from a local company, if you want to buy one that is using really good materials that will last you a while. If you're able to, to like make a larger investment up front, then normally that will actually end up being better for the environment and then better for your wallet. But I understand that's totally not an option for everyone. Yeah. And in the video that I think you're going to link in the description of my mm-hmm. video, I in, in my description of that video, <laughs> so many descriptions, um, I have a link because there's quite a few PDFs online where people have uploaded where you can actually make your own cloth pads if you wanted to. Oh, that's so smart. So, yeah. And that's what my mom actually ended up doing. And the fun thing with my mom and me kind of working together on this is that she took a couple patterns I found for free online. She also had like an old pad with like wings and she just like mm-hmm. traced it and then she copied that pattern because she's amazing she's like most amazing woman she (laughs) copied that pattern and then she was able to like make me cloth pads that were very similar to like the regular pads that you would just kind of buy at the store or she could even make them like overnight ones so they were longer Mm. so if you were like really good at sewing (laughs) yeah or have someone in your life that's really good at sewing you can then kind of play around and make period pads that like would work for you because the Mm -hmm. clasps matter like you want to make sure that the clasps work really well tried one cloth liner from a company and like the way that their clasp was it just Mm. like moved around so much and I was like this is not comfortable at all (laughs) and they're expensive when like you said like the Mm -hmm. accessibility of these products because they are a lot more popular and a little bit more trendy they're really expensive I've seen Mm -hmm. cloth pads run for like $20 each yeah. And, I mean, if you need like at least three or four, maybe a day, depending on your flow, like, um, that's expensive. And so mm-hmm. I really like what you said is kind of just collecting these things can be really nice. You know, you can get your pair, you can get like one pair of underwear, see if it works for you. And mm-hmm. then maybe down the line you can invest or mm-hmm. it's your birthday coming up and you can be like, Hey, I really like this, you know, period <laughs> underwear <Right>? company. <laughs> and so, um, there's a lot of ways to make it more accessible if it's something that people are interested in. I just want to let people know that I had that link to mm-hmm. like that free kind of PDF, but yeah. Yeah, make your own. It's really cool. And then and then you can kind of control what fabric you're using and then you mm-hmm. can cuz fabric is really important. Yeah. Like you said, like sometimes 
companies market themselves as sustainable, but then they're using fabric or dyes that are like just not great. Or you can thrift your fabric. Yeah, or if you like have things around the house that you could turn into, oh like reuse those amazing. things. Like your old right. shirt that's really comfortable, and you're like, oh, right. actually, this is all stained. I'll just do. Mm, I'll just do that, right? And it'd be great. Yeah. And then you could just open up an Etsy shop and start selling them. And like, <laughs> thank you. Thank that. And then I'll buy them off of you. Let me know. <laughs> right? Subsidized though, because yes. you gave them the idea. <laughs> but there's a lot of ways that you can make it work for you, basically. Yeah. And save yourself money kind of um, in the long run as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk to you about in terms of like menstrual cycle, cycle awareness is also talking about plant-based eating because <laughs> talk about things that are like trendy, like right. in terms of the amount of articles that like right. I sent you and I also yeah. saw about like vegans make better lovers or they have better <laughs> erections or like bet all these other things being that if you have a plant-based diet, basically like sex, your menstrual cycles, all of these things are going to be way better as a fellow plant-based eating person. <laughs> so have you found that? Yeah, I found, I mean, I talk a lot of like menstrual cycle awareness is such a huge passion of mine, but plant-based nutrition is also a really big passion of mine. I'm not a nutritionist, but my boyfriend Derek is. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned like so much from him. And a lot of my journey with menstrual cycle awareness and just menstrual health in general has been like supporting my body with like nourishing foods and knowing how to eat properly and how to actually like eat in a way that it's going to not only support my hormones, but make sure that I'm not having like crazy period pain and cramping mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, they're like food has like a lot to do with how we feel mm -hmm. um, and it is medicine in, in a way. So yeah, it's been like a really crazy journey because I wasn't very cycle aware in my early years. I don't really know how my periods were when I was like a teenager, mm -hmm. um, but I, I actually ended up going vegan when I was about 20. So mm -hmm. I've been vegan for 11 years now. It's crazy. I honestly don't yeah. even think twice about it. Yeah. Um, and then I realized I'm like, wait, is that, is that weird? <laughs> wait, not everyone is. But you know, and then, so for, for like the first five years of that, I did have irregular cycles. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people I think assume like, oh, you're just going to have like great cycle health and stuff. But so much comes into not only eating, but a lot of things when it comes to cycle health. So learning about actually like nourishing my body and learning about like body image issues that I might've had and learning about like intuitive eating and just yeah that kind of thing um as i as i grew older like helped so much and mm -hmm. as we talked about in the other episode i was able to go from having wildly irregular cycles to like a regular cycle for the last like four or five years now mm -hmm. um from doing a lot of work and learning yeah. a lot but i have found that my periods are like really manageable mm -hmm. which is crazy because <laughs> like I don't really struggle ever with cramps and I feel very blessed saying that like I'm not here to be like I don't have cramps because I'm vegan and stuff there's a lot of work that goes into it self-care but I think nutrition is a huge part of it and mm -hmm. I'm not having obviously like dairy and those kind of estrogens that you find in other animal foods and I think that's a huge cause of period issues right so taking that out of your diet can be like a huge change you don't have to go vegan or plant-based or anything just like maybe remove dairy and see how you feel. Cause like that has been a huge, yeah, I just, I don't have cramps or anything and my period's really manageable. It's not heavy, which I'm really mm -hmm. happy about too, because yeah. heavy flows can just cause a lot of issues and are not always normal. Yeah. I feel great. I mean, I can't imagine living any other way. Like it's yeah. second nature by now. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I kind of was more cycle aware so I could be like, this is how I felt then. And this is how I feel now, but just going from having wild 
cycles, like wildly irregular cycles to like mm. now regular cycles, I actually feel like a human being. So that's nice. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't have PMS for three weeks out of the month. Like, oh, this is amazing. Like I actually have these hormone fluctuations that make sense. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. hormone fluctuations that are coming from within your own body and, the, and like exactly. the things you're eating and not from like, I'm eating this thing. And I think right. that's a big part of it too, is that like plant-based eating, but it's not only that like, you like don't eat meat because I know a lot of people who do still like have like meat and dairy but it's also like where are those coming from exactly you know like Levi and I don't eat meat but then his godfather owns a cattle ranch in Hunter Mile so when we see him at Christmas (laughs) he's like I'm making steak and I'm like uh like do we eat it there's so much more and that's a part of like the environmental sustainability thing Mm -hmm. is yeah plant-based eating if more of us were more plant-based that would just be awesome right you know one of the things that levi talks about all the time is like we don't need a thousand really dedicated vegans we need millions of people who are doing it imperfectly right but doing it and so i just think that that really feeds into like how we need to think about sustainability but then also for me because i'm always thinking about sex it should be something we think about like that like it's not totally and i think there's like this preconceived notion that because i do a sex podcast i'm obviously like I mean, you can think I'm really sexy. That's great. But like the most sexy and then like yeah. the most like wildly, right. like I have the most like, amazing sex life ever. Like right. I obviously still deal with my own insecurities and my own shame. And that's right. something that I was just really thinking about in terms of your talk about cycle awareness and how it's an ongoing journey. And for mm-hmm. me, like my my sexual journey and like me as a sexual being, it's a long-term thing. And there's so many things that are a part of that. And that's nutrition is a, is a big part right. of, of that as well. Okay, so- sexually (laughs) is it true do vegans have better sex (laughs) i think it's true for sure i mean there's so many different aspects to that i mean let's let's be honest here i do find like vegans or people that tend towards plant-based nutrition especially if it's from like maybe like an animal point of view like ethical Mm -hmm. very compassionate Mm -hmm. very loving maybe they'll be generous very very gentle people Mm -hmm. um my boyfriend is vegan and we met as both being vegan like apart and then Mm -hmm. we met together because you know obviously our friends were like hey we have friends that are vegan you guys should just be together and I was like that's ridiculous and then I met him and I was like okay I guess we're in this now (laughs) and so we yeah so we're both vegan and I think when vegans have sex like a thousand trees are planted or grown or something. <laughs> that's what happens. I think that's, that's what, what happens. Works. So I think like everyone should go vegan. Because like then it just would repopulate like all the forests. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what happens. Vegan sex equals the equals planet is a thousand, trees, a thousand trees just randomly grown in the rainforest. Right? It's like you're going to give 10 trees a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I think it definitely helps. And I think it especially helps like there's stuff that we've been reading and that you sent me with circulation, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but I think the empathy and like the connecting to something is really important. I know mm. for me, connecting to like my values and my like ethical compass, I guess you could say, has always been like really big. And when I made that like shift and that awareness of like where animal products came from, I was like in shock. I was like, <gasps> how yeah. did I not know this? Because mm-hmm. if I would have known this as a younger person, I would have made different choices. Right. So now that I can make these choices that like really make me feel good, mm-hmm. then like yeah, I'm going to feel good when I'm in the bedroom because I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like in a good space. Yeah. And um, I think for men, it can really help with like blood flow and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. is a huge side effect or I guess maybe a symptom you could say, maybe not side effect, but a symptom of like heart disease and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first things that kind of can start happening and men are yeah. like, what the hell? And then they'll start to take maybe some things for that. 
Whereas yeah. a lot of times it might be a blood flow issue. And so it might be a symptom of something bigger. And so when you eat plant-based or like a plant's predominant diet, mm-hmm. that can clear up because it's so good for heart health, which can yeah. help blood flow, which means you're getting like way harder. Right, <laughs> like really good, and then for women, you're feeling like really juicy. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really amazing, and I think it's something that's like not really talked about a, a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because we are so like weird about sex in our society that it's like, Definitely. well, don't okay, well, don't say the sex benefits. Yeah, um, oh, you no, know, you, you always hear about, about exercise that. benefits or like, oh, you'll look good. You're maybe you'll have like clear skin, but you never really hear about like hey I'm having like a really good time in the bedroom right it's something that should be talked about so I'm so glad you brought it up yay right absolutely (laughs) well I think that's what I'm gonna have like them linked in the episode description because some of them are like clearly like we were saying before they're totally like clickbait I'm like (laughs) okie dokie whereas the one that I will highlight which is my favorite actually like cites research saying yeah this plant-based eating might actually have a big part of it. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's not only blood flow, which all bodies need for sexual functioning, but also our biggest sex organ, and I say this all the time, is our brains. And so if we are feeling in tune with our bodies, but also feeling really in tune with our values, then we're freeing up all of this mental space to like touch into our pleasure and to be really like okay like I'm aware in my body and what I'm putting into it so now I'm like all right what I'm gonna put into it now nice (laughs) right exactly and then you're like I'm just open to everything this is amazing right yeah (laughs) I love this this is so good okay any last thoughts before we go off anything about like cycle awareness i'm gonna have all of these things so people can go and follow you and check out all of this information because there's so much to know right. following your instagram has been helpful for me to be like ooh, like recipes for that but then also I'm like, okay like what the hell is happening in my body right. so any like parting thoughts um i would just say if you're interested in cycle awareness listen to the other episode that we did because i yeah. think that was like really encompassed what that is all about and no mm-hmm. matter if you have a menstrual cycle or not cycle awareness is just important so mm-hmm. just go and listen to it anyways <laughs> um but as for like parting wisdom i think it's just important because we were talking about sustainability and stuff to just do what's right for you um, mm-hmm. and find methods like menstrual products and stuff mm-hmm. that are going to make you feel good yeah that are comfortable accessible but also things that you can like use and and look towards and then hopefully makes you feel good and yeah thanks for talking to me about like plant-based diets and like sex and stuff right? <laughs> i so, love it it's so fun <laughs> i know right there's so much to cover this is why we did two episodes right? yeah. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much you're very welcome thank you Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to Love Doctor Podcast. Next week on the show, I share my interview with the retired vibrator seller, sex toy aficionado, host of Here She Comes Podcast, and author of Sex and Samosas, Jasmine Aziz. If you have questions that you want to ask, send a voice memo to thelovedoctorpodcast at gmail.com, and I will do my darndest to get it on the show. You can also check me out on Instagram or Twitter. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review. Till then, folks, stay healthy, stay safe, stay consensual. (laughs) 